Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. share a gospel, a scripture, a miracle story that you can find. It's the only miracle story that you find in all four gospels. Besides the resurrection, this is the only miracle story that you find in all four gospels. And it's the story of feeding the multitudes. It's the story uh, of, of multiplication, if you will. It's a story where God does something extraordinary with just a little bit. He does some amazing things with just a little bit. And it wasn't just about feeding the folk. There's something greater in the story. And today, my hope is that I reveal that to you in such a way that you can apply it to your life today. Amen. Let us pray over this word, and then I'm going to jump right into it. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, how great thou art, how wonderful you are, how majestic you are. God, we thank you for this time today. We thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne in praise, God, and in prayer. God, I thank you for everybody here today under the sound of my voice. God, I don't even have to extend an invitation to you because I feel your presence in this place today. I do have one small request, God, and that is that the people hear your voice. And God, these words that I read today, let not my words overshadow your truth. So God, today I pray that I represent you like I've never done before. God, move me completely out of the way and completely take this place over. God, today I represent you. Let me do it well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The scripture is going to come from, uh, I'm going to come from Matthew. You find this in all four Gospels, but I want to speak from Matthew, and there's a reason why I want to do speak from Matthew. If, if we understand the, the, the Gospels, they're, they're written in a way that they speak to a, spe, a, a particular audience in each one. If we, if we look at the Gospel of, of Mark, it, it, it's speaking to a, a particular audience, and it, and it speaks primarily of the humanity uh, of Jesus, and, and it kind of places him in, in a heroic type of place. Uh, if we look at Matthew, it was really written and designed in, in, with an audience of Jews in mind. And, 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 and it speaks to the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And so I specifically want to read this today because it ties into the video you just watched here. So if you have your Bibles or mobile app or watch this, your program or worship guide today, the Scripture is there, and it's going to come from Matthew 14, starting at verse 13. And we find these words. 
I'll give you all time for those who may actually have a Bible. Okay. Find these words, 14, verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many times. Let me stop real, real quick because I want to always put it in context for you. As soon as he heard the news, you're probably wondering, well, what news did he hear? Right before this, he had just got news that, that, that his main man, his cousin, the one who was setting it all up for him, John, had been beheaded. They just cut it out. Herod cut off his head. So he just heard this news. Now, many people say that he was escaping, thinking that that would happen. No, he went away just to grieve a little bit. He had to take a time out, like I just had to do, to grieve a little bit. Let me continue. Let me continue. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. And that evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. That's just like a disciple telling Jesus what to do. He didn't ask. He said, send them away like he the boss or something, right? That's how we are sometimes, right? God, do this. Not God, can you? All right, I'm, that's, that's going to get later. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Jesus said, bring them here. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and two fish and he looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Now, it is believed that there was at least 20,000 people who ate off of 5,000, who ate off of two fish and five loaves of bread, but that's not what our focus is today. Our focus is, what is the good news about this miracle story? How does this apply to me today, Pastor B? I'm not going to waste any time. I want to jump right in to some notes here. In this message, here's the first thing I want you to know about this, if we understand everything we just read. Jesus says this, Jesus does not ask us for what we don't have. I want you to first understand that. Here's the good news about that message and the good news about your life. Wherever you are, whatever your situation is, wherever, wherever you are spiritually, financially, physically, relationally, Jesus does not ask you for what you don't have. He actually starts with what you have. See, this even goes back to the Old Testament when he called Moses to save his own people. He didn't go to Moses and say, Moses, listen, I want you to create something you don't have. He looked at Moses and says, Moses, Moses went, to, went to God. He says, listen, you want me to go talk to them, but give me something to talk to them. I mean, I, how can I pr- pr- prove to them that you are God? He looked at, God looked at Moses. He says, what do you have in your hand? Moses says, I got this, just this staff. How can I, what can I do with this staff to convince them that you are my God? He says, throw it on the ground threw the staff on the ground, and it became a snake. And he says, now grab it by the, by the tail. And he grabs that staff by the tail, the snake by the tail, and that snake becomes a staff again. 
Watch this. He used that same exact staff to part a sea to bring his people to freedom. He didn't ask Moses to go out there and make a staff. He didn't ask Moses to go out there and create something. He says, what do you have? And here's the good news. Jesus doesn't ask me, you, or any of us to do anything with what we don't have. He doesn't doesn't ask us to get something we don't have. He starts with what we have. So wherever you find yourself in, in, in life today, whatever your challenges are, whatever your circumstances, whatever your situations are, whatever you've been praying about, look within first. Start with what you have and know that he's going to use whatever that is, whether it be your talent, your finances, your resources, your connections, your church, your pastor, your friends, your family, the car that you have with one missing hubcap. He's, that's me. In case y'all didn't know, he's going to use that to do what he needs to do in you to build his kingdom. And he did use that vehicle with the one missing hubcap to bring supplies here, to transport kids places, to do effective ministry. He's used that. He will use whatever you have, whatever you have. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> you have to submit it to him. You have to offer it to him. He did that even with, with the widow in 2 Kings. There was a widow who went, who went to Elisha. She said, I don't have nothing to eat. I'm poor. I'm broke. I need something. Help me. What did, what did Elisha do through God? He says, well, what do you have? He didn't say go out there and create something. He says, well, what do you have? She says, I got a little bit of oil. He said, take that oil and borrow some jars and take the oil you have and put as much oil in each of those jars as possible. And she did what her little bit she had, put it in those jars. And what did he do? He multiplied it. He filled it up. He starts with what you have. And in your mind, somebody sitting here right now saying, man, I don't got a lot. I don't have, matter of fact, I don't have anything. You got something. You can speak, can't you? Many of you drove here this morning. Y'all going to go back to a shelter, whether it be an apartment or a house. You have something. And whatever your something is, you need to submit it to God and let him do the rest. Here's something I want to share with you. You bring the bread. Let God worry about the miracle. You bring the bread. And the bread is whatever you got. And that's what they had. Here they are, 5,000 plus people. They've been out hanging out, listening to Jesus preach. They're all excited. He's healed people. He is indeed the Messiah. He is a special Messiah sent just for us. We're hungry. It's late. They were out in a remote place. There's no stores. Kroger is not nearby. Publix is even further away. And forget about Whole Foods. We need to feed these people, what do you recommend? Jesus told them straight up, you feed them. With what, Jesus? What do you have? And all they had out of 5,000 people were two fish and, and what looked like pita bread. And he took that, blessed it, and everybody left. And they had leftovers. And he can do the same thing for each and every one of us. Starting with this church, this church, what what do we have? 
There's a church planner right now that says, hey, we're getting ready to start up church. We're getting, ready to, we're getting ready to start this church, but, man, we don't have this, 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 and this. And I said, you know what? I got two extra speakers. They're yours. I got a soundboard I'm not using. They're yours. We'll bless them with what we're not using because we have abundance. Why? Because God gave it to us. He starts with what you already have. But you have to be willing, you have to be willing to give it to him, to release it to him. You have to be willing to say, hey, okay, here's my inventory, God. How can you multiply it? Here's my question to you, and you need to ponder this. What are you doing with what you have in order for God to multiply it? Are you like the person in the parable that Jesus talked about that he blessed with all of these talents, but they sat on it? Is that you? Have you buried your treasure? Or are you using it to glorify and honor God? I can't answer that for you. That's something you have to do. You have to do a self and spiritual inventory and say, am I doing the best that I can with what God has given me? And if you can answer that honestly, then and only then can you see the blessings that can, you know, be flown forward on your behalf. Once again, provide the bread. Let God take care of the miracle. Say that with me. Provide the bread. Let God take care of the miracle. Here's my second point. He multiplies what we bring to him. He doesn't ask us for what we don't have, but what we do have, if we bring it to him, he multiplies it. I was sharing with a brother this morning. As a matter of fact, it was uh, Pastor Starbucks. He and I were talking in the back. And I was saying, man, you know, it, this journey has not been easy as a pastor. Let me fix that. The journey has not been tough as a pastor, but it's definitely been tough as a church planter. Often we feel like there's lack, there's missing. I can look across the congregation and, you know, every pastor's desire, their earthly and carnal and worldly desire is that every seat be full. That, 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 that there's overflow, that people are busting down the door and just coming in. That's just a natural thing to want. Any of us, I think even you all want the same thing. You feel better if there's a bit of a small crowd. And I was sharing with Pastor Starbucks. I said, you know what, man? There have been months at this church, and we've been going since 2011. Mosaic has only been launched for almost two years. But we, there's a core group of us that's been rolling and running and pressing and pulling and trying to make this thing work since 2011 when I, we had our original church uh, separation, if you will. And I says, do you know what in that time, brother? I've scratched, I've scraped, I've cried, I've begged, I've yelled at God, I've punched walls, I've done all type of stuff, but we haven't missed a service, not one there's been times where there's been, I mean, literally, you know, how many of y'all uh, bank with Bank of America? Okay. And this may not happen to y'all, but, you know, when your balance gets below $25, you get a notice. Yeah. There was like a month. We got those notices like every week. But we haven't missed the service, y'all. Not one. Can I tell y'all something else? Is it not crazy that this church started off the year in a deficit? Let me just say it this way. We gave away more money than we raised, but we've not missed the service. We gave God what we had. We took care of his people, and he says, I'm going to make sure you can keep doing it. Can I tell you all where we are year to date? 
we're further ahead financially than we've ever been as a church. And we have less givers. We have less attendance. But God multiplies. Whatever you put before him in his name, he multiplies. He don't depend on me. He don't depend on you. Listen, he de- listen. this is his church. This is his vision. This is his plan. He's not going to let it fail. But that's the same thing with you. You're not good enough for him to let you fail. You're not that important where he would let you fail. You're his child. You represent him. If you fail, he fails, and he is not a failure. You are destined to get through it. God does not put us through challenges to entertain himself. He challenges us to change us. And growth is change. I'm preaching to myself this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor B. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm preaching that word to me. I hear me. Preach, Pastor. He multiplies what we bring to him. Watch this. There are three phases in any work we do that would honor God. There are three phases in any work that we do that would honor God. Y'all ready? This is, this is not in your notes, so you might want to write it down. I'll have it up on the screen. There are three phases. When we get ready to do something that would honor God, whether we decide we're going to get married, whether we're going to go to college because we want to be, be great theologians, whatever it is, when we get ready to do something that would honor God, there are three phases. Y'all ready? Here they go. The first one is the first phase we go through is impossible. Whoa, God, you want me to do that? That's impossible. God, you want us to go out there and feed 5,000 people with just two fish and, and some pita bread? That's impossible. God, you want me to pastor a church as flawed and jacked up as I am? That's impossible. God, you want me to apply for that position at that job? I've never, ever had experience there. I'm like two levels below that. That's impossible. God, you want me to start a nonprofit that would save kids from sex trafficking? I don't even know where to start. God, that's impossible. God, you want me to start a business that would glorify the kingdom of God, but I ain't got no money in the bank. Matter of fact, I got a negative account right now. That's impossible. But God says, bring me your impossible, baby, and let me show you the possibilities. As soon as you get yourself out the way and let him take over, everything is possible. The second phase is difficult. The second phase of doing something that would honor God, we go from impossible. Once we get past, man, this is impossible. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and take that step forward. Then it becomes difficult. It becomes difficult. Oh, man, now you don't put me in this position where I just started a brand new company. And all of a sudden, I got more clients than I can handle. Man, this thing is difficult trying to manage my time and manage my budget. Oh, it's difficult. God, you've blessed me with the person that I've been praying about. You've given me my helpmate. You've given me my rib. Oh, God, Oh God, thank you so much. But now here's, I tell people this all the time. People complain about how hard it is to plan a wedding. I says, no, that's the easy part, baby. After you say, I do, now stay that way. The hard part is staying together. 
difficult. Oh, it's impossible that I'm going to find my perfect mate. There's no such thing as a perfect mate. It's impossible. God says it's possible. He find your perfect mate. Y'all get married. Now let's stay together. That's the difficult part. Finally, here's the winning part. Done. We go from impossible to difficult to done. And some of us stop at impossible and never ever step out on faith because we're afraid of it being difficult. But let me tell you something. When you step out on faith and it becomes difficult, every step you take, God is right there. You may be walking like this and all of a sudden you trip and he's like, I got you, baby. Get back on and keep on going. It's difficult, but guess what? You ain't by yourself. It's tough, but you're not alone. It's almost impossible. It seems ridiculous and radical what I'm calling you to do. But baby, I called you to do it. I called you to step out. I'm going to make sure that it's done well because you represent me and I'm not going to look like a fool. It's difficult, but you don't quit. That's the good news. Whatever it is he's calling you to do, baby, it seems impossible. You don't have a pot to pee in. You don't have a building. You don't have a money right now. They already told you no on a loan for that business. But guess what? It seems impossible, but there's somebody in your sphere of influence that's going to bless you to start that business. All you got to do is keep on going and let them connect to you because you're rolling with God. Oh, man, oh. It seems impossible, but you got to get past it and go ahead and let it be difficult. But you're riding with God because once you ride with God and you get through difficult, baby, you are done. You're coasting. And guess what? Right now, as a church, we're past impossible. We're almost past difficult. We keep on pressing. We're going to be done. Does the work stop? Mm-mm. Guess what happens? We repeat it. Because the next level that God takes you to that would honor him, it will become impossible again. It will become difficult again. But you will eventually get to the point where it's done. Baby, I just want to tell you all something. Bring the bread. Let God take care of the miracle. Bring the bread. Let God take care of the miracle. One thing I want to point out in this thing, and this is very important. This is very important. A lot of us don't follow the model that Jesus set for us in this scripture, in this miracle story, and it's recorded in all four gospels. He took the bread. He took the bread and the fish. What did he do after that? He handed it out? No. He blessed it. You know what blessing is? That Greek translation of that word blessing or that phrase, he blessed it, translates to he gave thanks. And oftentimes, where we're at in our life right now, we spend too much time trying to figure stuff out and not giving enough thanks. God, I need you. God, I need you. God is like, yeah, but you're not even grateful for what I already gave you. No, I know you're not complaining. I get it. There are people in here that don't complain. Some of us do. But here's the thing. We're not showing gratitude for what we do have. We're what we do have. I, you know, I tell God all the time, God, I'm missing a hubcap, but thank you for having three. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Come on now. God, I know I got a church van that's donated to us that ain't running, but at least I got a church van. Huh? 
Sometimes we come to this cafeteria and there's food on the floor. I'm like, oh, God, but thank God we got a place we can worship. I was just speaking with a brother yesterday in, a, in Alabama who's a church planner, and he says, man, we were meeting at a hotel because he cannot have church in schools in his area. In Auburn, Alabama, it's prohibited. And I'm not even talking to my brothers and sisters up in New York. They just won't let it happen. They've totally stopped it. At one point, you could have church in schools, but no longer. And I'm saying, wow, at least we get to be in a messy cafetorio. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes my wife don't like me, but at least we got a wife. Y'all better stop playing with me. Wife say, what you want to eat? I don't know what's in the refrigerator. You know, what? be leftovers. I want to complain. I don't want no leftovers. But then I started saying, you know, thank God I got leftovers. Thank God for abundance. Thank God you got a job. I know you hate it. I know you can't stand your boss. I know you can't stand that person next to you. But thank God you got something because somebody looking right now wants something. I know your car's on his leg, last leg, but did it start up this morning? Yeah, but you know, all I get is AM radio. You better crank it up, baby. You better jam on out to talking radio. We need to stop complaining. I talked to somebody the other day, a student, and, and they were like, man, you know, man, I, I can't stand this computer. I says, why? Man, it's slow, man. I want me a MacBook. I said, Ninja, you got a computer. Do you know how many households in America don't have a computer? A lot. You got a computer. I don't care if it's slow. I don't care if all you got is dial-up. Baby, you got something. Many people don't. Oh, man, I hate this phone. It's an Obama phone. You got a phone. Thank God you got one, whoever started it. We have to stop forgetting to celebrate what we do have. Start giving thanks for what you got. Here's what I know. If we, listen, if we can't thank God for where we are right now, ain't no way in the world he's going to bless you because you will, at some point, he'll give you what you've been asking for, and you'll get to a point where that's not enough, and you start asking for more and not thanking him for what he already gave you. Wherever you are right now, you prayed about it at some point. You're there now. You're there. You've made it, baby. Stop complaining. Celebrate. God, I remember when I didn't even have this, but look at me now. I remember when I had two outfits. I got five now. Come on, somebody can celebrate him on that. Start thanking him for what he got, what you already got. Because what you got right now, you prayed about at some point in your life, and you're there already. Made me knock the water down. Preach, Pastor. (laughs) Thank you, sis. God bless you. Mike, I'm sorry. Thank you, brother. Thank you. God bless you. I should have looked up. It's my third and final point. Jesus is much bigger than our problems. That's the good news. There's good news. Listen, good news is Jesus doesn't ask us to bring what we don't have. Listen, he, 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 he multiplies what we do bring. And here's the final thing. He's bigger than our problems. He is not intimidated by the magnitude of our problems. Can I tell you what the disciples saw when Jesus said, feed them? They saw a problem. They didn't see 5,000 people. When Jesus said, yo, y'all feed them. They didn't say, oh, man, that's 5,000 people. God. They said, like, man, how are we going to feed 5,000 people? They saw the problem, not the people. But Jesus saw the opportunity to fill the need of the people. 
He is bigger than our problems. He is not intimidated by our minuscule challenges. He's given us the tools within us. We just got to go and knock the rust and dust and, and, and all that stuff off and begin to use those tools that we forgot how to use. You stop cooking so you forgot how to prepare a meal. You stop reading your words so you forgot about how to digest what God is trying to tell you. You stop spending time with God so you forgot how to pray. And all your prayers have been just, God, I need instead of God, I thank you. Use what he's already given you. He's already given you everything you need. We need to be using it over and over again. He puts us in positions where we are helpless. Over and over again, God puts us in positions where we are helpless. But that is the best place to be because that's the greatest time that he can show his glory to you. When you are in a place where all you got is God, oh, hallelujah, you need to be shouting. When you look around, mom and daddy out there, when you look at the bank account, the money ain't there, the dead presidents ain't there. When you look around and you can't talk to your boss, when you look around, pastor wasn't even there because he was on vacation. Oh, baby, that means all I got is God. Whoa! That's all I need. That's all I need. That's the best place to be because I've gotten rid of all the zeros and connected with the hero. That's all I need. That's all I need. Let me tell you something. Too many times we are asking for premature miracles. And I want to tell you something. He will perform a miracle when he needs to perform a miracle. Let me share a story with you. There was a, a preacher one time who had a, an, an, a, a, an apprentice. And that apprentice, he saw his apprentice during a, while they were out serving and doing outreach. And his apprentice had this growth on his nose. And the pastor says to the apprentice, he says, listen, man, you need to get that checked out. You need that growth you got on your nose. You need to get that checked out. And the apprentice says, no, I'm okay. I'm just waiting on this miracle. So he saw the apprentice again. He says, man, doc, listen, you need to get that thing checked out. I mean, it's gotten bigger, and the color has changed. It could be cancerous. And the guy says, no, I'm healed by the stripes. And finally, the pastor says, you know what? God already gave you what you need. He gave you a doctor, and you have insurance. All you need is what he's already giving you, but you want him to remove it supernaturally. He's not going to do it when he's giving you the tools, right? I'm not going to perform a miracle when I've given you the ability to go ahead and do what you need to do. This dude had a growth. He decided, I'm gonna, I, want, I want him to reach down and cut it off supernaturally, and I want people to witness it. And he's like, no, God blessed you with insurance, dude, and a doctor. Get your tail to the doctor. Go. You've got the blessing. Now do something. And some people are sitting here, God has given you the talent. He's given you the gift. He's given you the, watch this, the anointing. Watch this. He's given you the permission to go and do it. Why are you sitting on your tush? He's given you everything you need. Now go and do and stop waiting on him to perform a miracle because it's not a need for a miracle right now in some cases. But when there is a need of one, baby, guess what? Let me tell you something. Can I tell you something? Why is the like this? When there is a need of a miracle, you don't even have to ask for it. It'll happen before you even realized it. When it's time for him to perform a miracle, you don't even got to open your mouth. Don't even add it to your prayer journal. It's going to happen before you ask. Why? Because he's got you covered, baby. He's got you taken care of. You don't even have to ask for it. He's watching your every move. 
You don't have to ask for something he's already going to do. When it's time for a miracle, it's going to happen. But what you need to do right now is do what he's already empowered you to do. He's given you talents. He's given you gifts. He's given you permission. He's anointed you with oil. You can do it. Stop waiting on a miracle that really not going to happen until it's time for it to happen. Listen, God does not challenge us to entertain himself. I said this earlier, and I'm going to say it again. I want you all to get this in your head. He does not challenge us to entertain himself. He doesn't say, today I'm going to pick on Sam. Tomorrow I'm going to pick on Lynette. Then maybe I'm going to pick on Tia. Then maybe Miss Causey. No, he didn't say that. He looks and says, you know what? I'm going to challenge them because they are in need there. It's a season of change. And if I don't challenge them, they're going to get complacent with the lifestyle they're in right now, and they won't be elevated to where I need them to go. So I'm going to challenge them in order to change them so that I can get the glory. And when they're at their low point where nobody else is around and all they can do is call on me oh baby we gonna celebrate he challenges you to change you and how many people know that growth is change huh growth is change i'm, I'm done i'm done i don't talk y'all's ear off say this with me final time and we're done provide the bread and let god take care of the miracle Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor V said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.